we're going to continue our series uh, on Be Like Jesus, and this is a bit of a deeper dive into the topic that we looked at last week about patience and be patient like Jesus. We're going to look at some of the same uh, verses that we looked at uh, last week. As I, was, as I was reflecting on patience, I mean, there's so much that can be said uh, about patience. And I was thinking about today, it seems like we grapple with two different kinds of patience, two different kinds of ways to be patient. Uh, And the first is relational patience. And this is what I discussed a little bit last week. And it has to do with being patient towards people that we know. Patience towards people that we know, relational patience. And so it's this idea that I shared last week about walking alongside someone else in hope because we know them and we love them. We're patient with them as they grow and as they develop and as they, and we're a little farther ahead of them emotionally, relationally, maybe in maturity, they're a little further behind, they're going a little slower, but we love them and we know them. That's relational patience. But then there seems to be a second kind of patience. And uh, I'm calling that survival patience. And it's a little tongue-in-cheek. I mean, I'm just making these terms up, really. But survival patience is patience that we have towards total strangers. Patience with people that we don't know. Uh, And I was thinking about, you know, getting stuck in traffic... I have to be patient. I'm in this super long line. I'm at Target, and I have the world's slowest checker up there. And I have to be patient. And I'm, I'm waiting. Now, I don't know any of these people, but it's, it's, it's a survival patience. And sometimes when we're waiting, and we're, in, you know, when we're under pressure, we're under stress, I don't know about you, for me, I start getting upset. Or I even start getting angry. And so I was thinking about this guy, because I really like this guy. We've got an image of this guy. Um, Sometimes when I'm around people I don't know, and I need to practice survival patience around all these people, I'm waiting in line, I feel like this guy, angry guy. And so I was calling it survival patience because the people that are slow in front of me, I feel like I'm going to kill them. But because I practice patience, they can survive. <laughs> so that's survival patience towards people that you don't know. Okay, so I'm going to look at this because I actually think of the two types of patience, relational patience with people we know or survival patience, the, the patience towards people we don't know, I think the first one, there's more transformative value there. It's, it's, it's more worthwhile to invest there in patience. But... That being said, um, and that's what we talked about last week, we're going to get to that eventually at the roundtable with survival patients. Um, you know, what did we practice last week? Who were we patient with? How did we walk with them? That's, that's uh, relational patients. But before we get to that, I do want to say a little bit about this survival patience, this, sometimes this angry guy that, that wells up. Because the reality is we live in the San Francisco Bay Area, okay? There are seven million people 
that live in our area. So we are constantly surrounded by all these strangers, and especially all these slow drivers that get in our way. So we have to figure out how to survive. So I'm going to give you some really quick things about survival patience, and then we're going to do a little bit of a deeper dive into the relational patience, which we looked at last week. Um, So the first part of this message, this survival patience with strangers, be like Jesus. How do I be like Jesus and survive and be patient with people that I don't know? A really easy verse, you can commit it to memory. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love, oh, well, you don't even have to memorize the whole verse. Just the first part. I mean, isn't it remarkable that in this incredible um, hymn, this incredible poem, this incredible piece of scripture, love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous, not boastful, not arrogant, not proud, not rude, doesn't insist on its own way. The first thing in 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient. And I think that is a really key sort of phrase that we can remember wherever we are. If we're in a long line, we can say this even to ourselves. Okay, I'm going to give you a little practice right now with this memory verse, 1 Corinthians 13, 4, just the first part. Love is patient, okay? Say to someone nearby you, love is patient. Go ahead. Okay, Okay. now close your eyes and do that same memory verse. Love is patient. Go ahead. Great. So you memorized a Bible verse today. That's fantastic. What I find is that sometimes when I'm in this survival patient situation, it's very helpful to pray this. And that's the first thing that I think is helpful for us to do in a situation like this. Love is patient. It's a reminder that God, who is love, calls us as followers of Jesus to also embody that love when we walk around. And as followers of Jesus, when we follow Jesus, we live in the way that Jesus lived. And Jesus certainly lived in the way of love and certainly lived in the way of patience. And so for us as followers of Jesus, when we are moving around among the seven million other people that call the Bay Area their home, this is a prayer that we can pray to ourselves in the moment of feeling like we're losing patience or we're impatient in these survival situations. So that's the first thing in survival patience. The first thing we can do is pray. Love is patient. Love is patient. And actually, when we pray this, even just in our heads, maybe two, three, four, ten, fifteen times while you're waiting in line, it actually gives us space to breathe. It gives us a little bit of space to slow down. And sometimes impatience is due to pressure or stress because of the time that we just feel compressed. So if we pray this, especially that love is patient, it lets us breathe, it lets us slow down, it lets us relax. So the first thing we can do is pray in a survival patient situation. The second thing we can do is think. We can think. And, and I kind of like to think about this. What's the worst thing that's going to happen to me 
in this situation. Okay, so let's say you're at a restaurant and like all these people are like ahead of you and you're like, you've signed your name on the list and Scott and my group number size is four and you're just, like, there's like 18 groups ahead of you. And you're like, oh, and you start feeling impatient and you're kind of watching people. Are they done? Are they almost done? Oh, they look like they're finishing up and oh, I wish they would clear that table. And like, what if you just kind of in that situation, you thought, and this, what is the worst thing that could happen to you? You wouldn't get to eat, right? Like, if you play it out, sometimes when we're in these survival situations, and you think, and you're getting super impatient, you just pause, okay, love is patient, love is patient, and you think, what is the worst thing that's going to happen to me? I'm going to be 10 minutes late. What's the worst thing that's going to happen to me? This person who loves me, who's meeting me here, uh, maybe I'll just text them. And I'm like, I, I can't get through traffic right now. It's super crowded. I'm going to get there, but I'm on my way. Like, sometimes if we think about what's the worst thing that can happen, it helps alleviate some of the stress. And then the last thing in survival patience that I throw out here is ask. To ask the question, God, where are you in this? God, where are you in this? Right? Now, I'm always going to throw out this question, God, where are you in this? Because my role is to help us grow in maturity in the way that God wants to shape us. So God is present and shaping us and transforming us. Um, There's been a number of people that have talked to me about patience. And particularly, they'll say, um, man, how can I become more patient? How can God help me to become more patient? And sort of jokingly, I say, uh, you don't want to ever pray that. And actually, when I saw our crowdsourcing, blank like Jesus, how do we want to be like Jesus? A lot of people wrote, patience, be patient like Jesus. I want to be patient like Jesus. That's what our group said here. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Hey, y'all, you do not want God to make you more patient. Because if you want that and you pray that and you desire that, God will give you lots of opportunities to practice If you want to grow in being patient, the only way you can be stronger with your patient muscle is if you exercise it. And the only way you exercise your patient muscle is when you are thrown in situations of frustration. Just like this guy back here. He's frustrated. Ah! It's this thing. It's like the only way we can get better at being patient, stronger at being patient, is to practice patience. And the only way we practice patience is to be in situations where we're faced with our impatience. We ask ourselves, when I'm standing in line, when I'm waiting for this or that, or, oh my gosh, I'm just waiting for my kids to tie their shoes. Can we just get out the door? God, where are you in this? Is this a chance that you're asking me, giving me an opportunity to grow in patience? No. For you that like uh, sort of these mnemonic devices, you could say PTA. PTA. Pray, think, ask. 
Pray. Love is patient. Okay, love is patient. Think, what's the worst thing that could happen to me if, if I don't make this on time? And then ask, God, where are you in this? That's survival patience. That's survival patience. Okay, so I'm going to now switch over away from survival patience to talk more deeply about relational patience. And this is walking with people that we know. Walking with people in our, in our, friend, in our friendship group, in, in our families. The people that we walk alongside others in hope. And last week we looked at the road to Emmaus in Luke chapter 24. And we'll read that passage again for us. Because here we see Jesus walking alongside his disciples, but they don't recognize him. Jesus is walking alongside these two guys who are leaving Jerusalem, walking towards Emmaus, which is a town about seven miles away. Jesus comes up to them, but they don't recognize who he is. It's after Jesus was crucified on the cross, and it's actually the morning of Jesus' resurrection. But these disciples, they don't, they don't know who he is. Um, and we're going to dive deeper into the relational patience and how Jesus walks with them. So Luke chapter 24 it says this, that very day, that's the day of the resurrection, two of them, that's two disciples, were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened that's the, around the crucifixion of Jesus. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And Jesus said to them, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad because they were in the place of Jesus had died on the cross. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? And Jesus says to them, what things? Gives them a space to talk. And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deeds and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel, it's the Messiah, Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. He's supposed to rise again. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had seen it. But him... They did not see. And then Jesus just responds to them. Jesus says to them, O foolish ones, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. So here's Jesus' patience. Oh, slow of heart. Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And then Jesus, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he, he teaches them. He interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So the story goes on. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. 
Jesus acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. Now, I'm stopping. I'm going to stop there, and that's actually in the middle of the story. Now, if you were here last Sunday, I read the rest of it, where then they, the rest of the story, they sit down at table, they have a meal, Jesus takes the bread and he blesses it and he breaks it, gives it to them. And then at that point, they recognize Jesus. I'm going to leave that part out. I'm going to stop here. So Jesus went and stayed with them. Because this is the point in the story where they still don't recognize who Jesus is. It's the middle of the story, and Jesus is patient with them. Jesus is patient with them when they don't see. And this is what I want to talk about with relational patience with people that, that we know. See, Jesus is walking alongside them in all of these different ways. He's walking alongside them physically. So Jesus has a physical patience. Um, is, there a, is there another slide? Uh, is, there, is there another slide that says patience and then? Okay, um, that's all right. So there's a way that there's walking alongside Jesus. He's actually physically walking alongside and being patient with them. But he also asks questions. Jesus is being emotionally patient with them. He's being emotionally patient with them, giving them a space where they are to be sad. But then also the scripture says that he teaches them. He instructs them from Moses all the way through the prophets. Jesus is teaching them. And teaching is a relational, uh, is an is a intellectual form of patience. You've got an intellectual form of patience that's going on here because Jesus meets them where they are intellectually and then teaches them from there. That's the gift of, of teaching, when a teacher can know where someone is and then teach from there. But it's an intellectual patience. And then Jesus also shows this relational patience because he stays with them. They don't, know, they don't know who he is. But right at the end of what I read, in the middle of the story, it says that Jesus went and stayed with them. All of these ways of being patient, intellectual patience, emotional patience, relational patience, even physical patience, like walking at their same pace, these are all the forms of patience that we see with Jesus. So, to bring that into our community in GRX, this is the way that I see you being patient with one another. Because the reality is that just like this road to Emmaus, I stopped reading in the middle of the story. All of us right now, all of us here, we are in the middle of our stories. You are in the middle of your story. And everyone around you, each person around you, is in the middle of their story. And we don't know yet how it's all going to turn out. There are some things that we see clearly. 
And there are other things right now in our lives we do not see clearly. And yet, we continue to walk alongside each other in hope that we will see, that we will grow in maturity, intellectual maturity, relational maturity, emotional maturity. When you are with your friends and you're talking with them, you're walking alongside them. When you're in your life group and you're, you're talking about scripture, you're talking about real life and things that are going on and you're struggling with those things, that's you guys in your life group walking alongside each other, just like Jesus did on the road to Emmaus, patiently walking alongside people in hope that they'll see their way through that we'll be able to be a community that can walk with each other towards growth and healing. I know there's a lot of folks here that are parenting. You guys, every day that you're parenting, you're walking alongside your kids in hope that they will be able to learn how to tie their shoes and dress themselves and feed themselves and someday do their own taxes, right? Like that they would reach adulthood. Like we're coming alongside each other in this way. We are all in the middle of our own stories. We're doing that for each other. You are doing that among each other. We are doing that together. Patience and hope. That's what we're doing. That's what you're doing. Walking alongside each other. But it's not easy. It's not easy to do. It's very hard. Patience is very hard. And if you feel like you're up against it, um, this might be your time where God is inviting you to exercise and practice patience. I like what uh, Steve Kerr, um, Steve Kerr, he's, uh, he's one of our local theologians and also the coach of the Golden State Warriors. Um, but Steve Kerr, uh, he is building and coaching and training a championship basketball team. And he says, it's supposed to be hard to build and train a championship basketball team. It's supposed to be hard. What we're doing here at GRX is we are training a team to be like Jesus. It's supposed to be hard. That's what we are. We are training a team. We, a team, to be like Jesus. And it's supposed to be hard. Resisting temptation. Like these are the things that we've looked at, right? Resisting temptation is hard. Welcoming people, loving people, saying hello, my name is to someone we don't know. Loving someone who we don't know, that's hard. It's supposed to be hard. Working through conflict and practicing forgiveness. That's what we're gonna start looking at next week. That's hard too. And being patient, that's hard. But don't be surprised. Being like Jesus is supposed to be hard. So don't, don't be surprised if it's hard. 